What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Richards. Welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring you, <laughs> where we bring sports back to life from a fresh perspective, but from popular and abstract angles. As you can see, I have another dude here with me, Buddy Corbin. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me, Kyle. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're gonna be talking all in NBA action today. None of that NFL, MLB, MLS shenanigans. We're going straight NBA. Um, but as you see, we're coming at you live on Facebook. We normally are on Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff, but I'm sort of keeping it tight on Facebook so we have good connectivity, high quality all around. So share it with your friends if they want to come and watch the podcast. Facebook is where to go. Um, but yeah, so Corbin's here. Um, he, he decided to come pay a visit to my, my humble abode, and we thought, why not do an NBA podcast while we're at it? We're both really big NBA fans. We feel like we can spit some knowledge about all these series that are happening right now and the stories that, that surround them. Um, you may have saw our Wednesday show this week where we talked about those stories uh, in particular, but today we're going to be talking more in depth about the players and the dynamics in certain teams and what we what we think that they can do to get the win. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to have him here. Glad to be here. Yeah. I'm excited. The Wednesday podcast was just a warm-up. Yes. Now we're, now we're gonna dig in. Now this is for real. This is this, this is for all the marbles. It's the real, the real deal. Bees knees, cats meow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna dig right in. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say, but I'm just looking at the lineup of all these games we have to talk about, and it could take a while. So let's just go for it, man. We've got eight matchups to discuss. Eight whole matchups. First round of the playoffs. Yeah, and so we're gonna talk about like. All the things you can think, uh, we can like it's going to be just informal. There, we don't even have a script in front of us. All we have is Golden State plays Portland, for example. You should do keywords that first come to mind, like Golden State Warriors, Portland, go. <laughs> yeah. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, line. point guard matchup, Draymond Green, Dame Stat time machine, Dame time. <laughs> Dame is a rapper. Uh, oh yeah, sway in the morning freestyle. Yeah, look it up. Check it. YouTube that. <laughs> You'd be pleasantly surprised. Uh, but we're going to talk about Golden State and Portland first. So let me hop over to this. A oh, boom. We have a fun graphic. So it's all designed and stuff. It's weird, right? Uh, but we got Golden State Warriors taking on Portland. You see that uh, game three happens tonight. It's at 10.30 Eastern time, so you want to check that out if you want to see that game. You see that Golden State also leads the series 2-0 right now. This and is the West Coast matchup game tonight to see if Portland can get the get the win, get in the winnings bracket. Cause we only know we know there's only been a couple teams to come back from 3-0. It's true, and they do have that home court advantage now. So they got Golden State in in Oakland. They got the first two wins uh, pretty easily, from what mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. Uh, so Portland's hoping to to notch one tonight, uh, as well as a couple of other teams. Um, and I think we have some results on some other games that we'll have to look at, like the Bucks. Yep. That just finished. Um, we meant to get started sooner, so. Some of the numbers on our slideshow are inaccurate, but that's okay. We'll just go with it. Um, so what do you think that the Trailblazers need to do at home to get a win against the Warriors? Damian Lillard has to take over. True. He's the one that's making the call out saying, hey, we're going to win this in six. It's true. He's got to start winning right now tonight. Because they don't get a win tonight, I would consider this series way over. Way over. It's already pretty deep for Portland, but... I think Damian Lillard has to back up the fact that he does think he's the best point guard in the league. He's got a dish. He's got a shoot. He's got a lead. 
I agree. They got young talent there. CJ McCollum can step up too from shooting guard. Yeah, he did in um, game one too. He, he did. He put a lot of points in that. Yeah, game. no, he was he was an offensive powerhouse. But they mm-hmm. need everybody to play their roles to beat Golden State with their depth. I agree. I mean, they're they're really tough to play because I mean, you look at Damian Lillard's style. You look at Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry has all the handles to take any guard off his ankles. That's true. Um, then you have Damian Lillard, who's more of like a crash the basket, similar to like a Russell Westbrook, but he has like the range that Westbrook doesn't have. Right. Um, so it's kind of an interesting dynamic, you know. I think Curry's quickness might get the best of him, even in Portland. I mean, it obviously has before um, the first two games, but like you said, it's about their role players on Portland that's going right. to help them win. In terms of a point guard matchup, Damian Lillard versus Stephen Curry has got to be one of the most fun to watch, I think, just in terms of like being a raw fan. Yeah. Because if you think about who else would you pit against Steph for a seven-game series, it would be a lot of fun. Well, we already saw him go head-to-head with Kyrie. Kyrie, That's yeah. crazy We fun. know that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Russell Westbrook's the other one that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, you could say something like um, from San Antonio, um, Tony Parker, but he's he's just – I don't think he quite has the – the change of speed and direction that he used to have. Exactly. To, I think the top three is the ones we just described. Those guys would be the most fun to watch. So you've yeah. got one of the top three right now. And so watch that game tonight. It's going to be good. Yeah. So where we're at, that's going to be at 830. We should be able to catch that PM. one. Yeah, we, we should watch that whole one. We probably can. Um, so I'm, I'm actually pulling up. I want to look at the rest of their roster because... For the Blazers? Yeah, because honestly... Besides McCollum and Lillard, yeah, uh, there's the tall white guy that's a center. Oh, uh, Plumley. Plumley, yeah, the younger brother, I believe. We got Alfarik Aminu. Yeah, Alfarik Aminu is pretty good. Ed Davis used to play for the Lakers. I'm a Lakers fan, so I recognize those names. Uh, Perry on Facebook says, "Let's go Mavs." <laughs> uh, I thought they were going to sneak in this year, actually. Yeah. Dirk's twenty-second year of basketball <laughs> or something crazy. Hit the 30K mark. Yeah, it's amazing. You can't help but respect that. Oh, Dirk's amazing. Uh, I guess they have My- Myers Leonard as well. Um, so I'll got be a number honest. of role players, but nobody, aside from Damian McCollum, nobody's really going to step up. They need their Nurkic. bench. Nurkic is another guy. Right. I, th- I think he's been injured. Yeah, he's been he's been off and on. Um, yeah, time. so I'll be honest. Like the Trailblazers, I sometimes I get it's kind of terrible to judge a team by the players that you know on them because that's sort of. That's ignorant. <laughs> That's fair, though, because it's a superstar league. It's I true. Mean, it's not only brand recognition or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, but it's they're recognized for a reason. Exactly. So, like, going through this roster there, I didn't even name off a lot of these guys because I feel like nobody's going to know who they are. Like no, They won't. I mean, Festus Azili used to be a warrior. Right. Uh, Maurice Harkless, I've heard the name. Jake Lehman. That's a uh, – who is that guy? Like, Sorry, Jake. If you if you play a lot of NBA 2K, maybe you know these guys because you pulled them in a pack or something. That's like one yeah. way. That that's the only reason why I know who Harkless is. I'll be honest. But as far as this matchup goes, I think that the Warriors are going to pull it out, and I don't think it's going to be six. You think it's going to be five? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that when when Dame was asked that question, the person who asked him was like, "Are you going to win in six or seven? It wasn't like. I see. It wasn't Do you saying, think you're going to win this series? But Do you think that you would have answered the question the same way if he asked if you were going to win the series? I mean, I, I think as a would. leader and from a confidence standpoint, That's a good point. if he said anything but like six or seven, <laughs> five would be insulting. Exactly. <laughs> and, six is like your and respect. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Six is respectful. Seven is like, eh, and not winning is not acceptable. Exactly. I guess that's a good point. He's not going to come out in the media and say something right. like, um, we, we're, we're not going to win, guys. Sorry. And Dave's a really confident guy. He's confident in his speech. Yeah. He's confident, you know, confident on the court. 
he's not going to give that up. He's not. Yeah, exactly. Charles on Facebook says they need Jason Terry back. He was so graceful and humble as a player. The Jet. The Jet. <laughs> he needs another tattoo for the Blazers on the other bicep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got that one from the... He's got a trophy from the Mavs after they won. Yeah, that's right. And then as soon as he got traded to Boston, he got uh, the Boston Celtics logo. And he's there for a year, maybe two, and then he got traded again and then retired. Well, hey, I mean, that's a pretty big point in your life if you're an NBA player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know if I get the logo tattooed on my body. Maybe it's something a little more conceptual, but that's just me being a artist. I don't know. Charlie mentioned something. So Charles on Facebook says, I, need, I think Portland needs a strong presence down low. They don't have that to... That go-to player when it comes to getting points in the paint, like when they had Aldridge. It's true. They're missing Aldridge big time. Yeah, Aldridge is sort of filling that role. Plumlee is kind of their man down low, which is interesting because he's so young. Yeah. And, uh, man, you put him against Draymond, mm-hmm. Draymond's going to – Draymond has deed him up and locked him down. Aminu, is, he's been pretty pretty big for them, but he's not one of those like powerhouse forwards right. that can get down there and push guys right. around like – uh, somebody like a Draymond can't, like you just mentioned. Draymond's going to manhandle them both defensively. Yeah. He's just such a talent. And what was that stat you mentioned earlier about players coming down the court? Right. Oh, yeah. Actually, ESPN reported this. Uh, it's essentially the top 10 players in the NBA who take at least three seconds to get um, to cross half court after the ball has crossed half court. Now, presumably, that would be from talking to a ref or complaining about a call and. Uh, there's somebody on there who was a top 10 offender you wouldn't think. It was Trevor Ariza. Um, but it's mostly your diva point guards right. and LeBron James, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. And isn't Ariza, is Ariza a starter or is he a He is guy? a starter. No, he's a starter okay. for the Rockets. Well, he was a, star- he's a starting shooting guard for the Rockets. Okay. Um, I didn't know So Harden started at shooting guard and he played either small forward or shooting guard. Mm-hmm. And then they rotated him into the full-time shooting guard re- position. Um Actually, you know what? He might come off the bench now because... Uh, That's what I was wondering. No, cause... you're right. I think he does come off the bench now. But still, no, Ariza is not a guy you would think. Um, but James Harden is one of those guys that I think would be on that list. Absolutely. Le- no, he's number four. But you know, everybody expected LeBron to be one. Yeah. But he wasn't. <laughs> I wonder what Kobe's would have been. Yeah, Kobe? I don't know. Kobe, he... Kobe kind of had that old school mentality. Well, later in his career, though, he started going towards bet... the... That's because it hurt to walk. <laughs> <laughs> when you get old, it happens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, but so I mean, how many games do you think it's like your five. opinion? You think it'll take? I think five? it's four and one. I think they maybe squeak out one tonight or in a couple of days, and that's Golden State's too deep. They just have so much talent. Yeah, I think, even on a bad day, offensively, they can hang with Portland. I agree, and I think the game that they are going to win would be five, not or sorry, three, not four, because right. you have that. That change of mentality where you're like, okay, we, we lost those first two, but we're going to come back so strong game three. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a, a focused standpoint, you know? And so I think that they will – I think they could get the win tonight. I honestly think they're going to get swept. But if they're going to win one, it would be game three. Right. This is their opportunity to kind of bounce back, catch yeah. Golden State, get in, and catch them in a lull. Essentially, they're just – it might become routine. Exactly. And then game four would be like – Golden State got used to being in Portland for the, that couple days or whatever, and they're like, okay, we can handle these guys. Right. And then, boom, boom. So I can see your scenario. I just think that uh, they're away. Being swept is certainly an option. I mean, it's on the table. Watching game two between the Warriors and the Port- and, and the Trailblazers was nuts because Draymond was defending everything. Yeah, he, he was having a swap party, yeah. and a steal party. Like that one time when Dame Lillard went up for that dunk, mm-hmm. like trying to posterize him, and he said, nah. No, no, no. Not will. a huge disclaimer. <laughs> not a huge Draymond Green fan, but the guy is a talented freak beast in the paint. Freak beast. He can, he can, the thing is he can defend that on the arc. He yeah. can lock people down. He's 
the Kawhi Leonard of the of the West. Yeah, and, I'm sorry, the Golden State Warriors. And speaking of guarding people out on the arc, this next series we're going to talk about. There's a there's one issue that I I noticed in watching Game Three last night between the Jazz and the Clippers. I'm going to make that note here now. Don't forget about the slideshow. The slideshow. Hey, boom! We have a slideshow, guys. If you're hearing this on iTunes or SoundCloud, you got to tune into the live thing, man. You're seeing, you're missing slideshows. That's big business. Technology. <laughs> um, also, if you watch this game tomorrow evening, look for us in the stands. We're yeah. going to be there. We're driving down to Salt Lake City tomorrow. We got a group of five. It's going to be. We'll be high up, altitude. Yeah, we got there. some nosebleed seats, but I, I noticed in game three they were giving out free t shirts to everybody. Do those come with binoculars? I wish. I hope so. Like little like paper ones mm-hmm. somehow. Or I was thinking more of the little lines. <laughs> All fancy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we will be up there, way up there. Um, we're we're all really excited. Like all week, we bought the tickets like last Sunday. It's been about a week, and all week we've just been texting each other like, "Man, I'm so excited! Can't wait Giddy. to get there." Because you know how like the regular season atmosphere is just kind of like, "Yeah, it's just another game." Right. But playoffs, every play matters. The, the play as as neither of us are huge Salt Lake City fans or regionally, we love to cheer them on since we're so close in Southern Idaho. Yeah. But what's really cool is that. Normally, if you go see a game, you're going to see a specific star, yeah. right? Here, you're going to see the top competition in the NBA. You're, exactly. you're going to see people compete. And there's, you know, obviously, we're very well versed in the Clippers lineup. And, you know, I love Hayward. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but really, the, we just want to see a great playoff game. The, yeah, the atmosphere, the mentality, it all changes. Yeah, I kind of wonder what it would have been like to be there for the Game 3, going back to what we were right. talking about, with the Game 3 being, like, the most hype because it's the first game of the series at mm-hmm. home in the playoffs. Um, but I think that... You know, the Jazz, they did lose last night. They did. And so going into game four, it's almost like they're fighting for their lives at this point because they go back to uh, L.A. and they're going to have that home court advantage. Right. And so if they lose tonight, it could be game over next Although game. Although they got a lucky break, no pun intended, with um, <laughs> Blake Griffin jacking up his big toe True. about, what was that, halfway through game three? Yeah. So that's going to soften them up on the power forward defensively for the, the Jazz to defend in the power forward position because Blake is such a threat. So yep. it might it might tighten up um, the Clippers spread, which is what the Jazz need yeah, they, because they're missing their big man to defend DeAndre in the middle. Exactly. It's in Lob City. And so real quick, Perry on Facebook said he, he never passed half court. I think he's talking about Kobe. Oh. <laughs> I, I, it's my cousin. I know he's giving me crap right now. I agree with him. <laughs> uh, Rory also says, Dub Nation. Got a Warriors hey. fan in the building. Are you a bandwagon? They're, they're or? a great team to watch. They're, <laughs> they're so really talented. Exciting. Um, plus, I, I like I like Clay Thompson personally because go Cougs. Right, absolutely. He's, he's yeah, Washington you got to cheer for you got to the, the Palouse. Yeah, I mean, you know, University of Idaho is not quite Washington State University, but basically the same. Yeah, cheer for the Palouse. <laughs> and the only time we're not right cheering there. for the Cougs is when we're playing the Cougs. Exactly. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Uh, Charles says. Speaking of the injury, which injury do you think will impact the playoffs the most so far? Oh, I think it's I think it's Blake Griffin so far for the West. I mean, or is it? I I think it's Rudy Gobert because it, without him, they would never have got as far as they did. And the fact they lose him right now in the playoffs—that's a good point. He's like, in my opinion, stayed he, healthy all season, double double. Yeah, in my up in, the middle. in my opinion, I I think he is the defensive player of the year because he impacted that team so so much. Um, you know, obviously you have Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green up there for that right. same award, but 
this guy had like a breakout season this year. I mean, he's he's been there for a couple of years now. Right. But he He's developing really well. Yeah, this so, is his breakout year. So this year he like really showed what he's capable of doing and that's impacting the team getting into playoff season. It's just too bad they had to lose him game 1. Um I I hope he's there when we go tomorrow. Me too. I'm hoping we can see him. I mean, that would be a huge swing yes, it for the Jazz to the Clippers to take Blake Griffin out after Gorbear's already been out and then put Gorbear in. I mean, that's massive. Yeah, so I mean, even though the Jazz did get game one without Rudy Gobert, which was crazy, right. most people were like, how did they manage that? Old man Joe Johnson taking it to the rack. Yeah, it was that that buzzer beater, was that saved him. There's, Absolutely. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, but... Yeah, but I mean, with Blake Griffin being out, it's almost you could almost consider it a level playing field in a mm-hmm. way because it's two big yeah. guys who are defenders, um, still also powerful on the offensive end. Right. Um, but then Rudy could be coming back, so it's like could be a swing. Like Jazz could get a win this nut this time around. True. Or it could just be stagnant. I mean, not Four. to sound cliche, I think it's pretty important that that the Jazz tie this up tomorrow. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, tying it up and then going into Game Five. They gotta go back on the road. They gotta go LA. back to LA, I, and that's that's why honestly I, I think you're right with Gorbear being the biggest injury. But for a major market team like the Clippers, who just cannot, they've just have they fought their way through the top three, four seeds in the West the last three or four years. Yeah. And then if it's not Chris Paul, it's Blake. If it's not Blake, it's DeAndre. And they just keep getting these these injuries at the worst times. And you know Blake yeah. Griffin, it feels like he hasn't played basketball the last two and a half years. You know it's he's true. just he plays hard, but he gets. I mean he's. Because he was Fairly injured fragile. at the end of the season, too, and then he Elbow finally, and ankle, I mean, it's just... Then a, he came back for the playoffs, and now he's out with a big toe injury, of all things. Big toe, can't you wrap it up and shoot some cortisol into the head and call it good? <laughs> I don't know, I guess not. Uh, that's a big dude stepping on that, that toe. That's a big toe. <laughs> it's a big, that's a, big that's toe. Like, that's like me hurting my wrist. <laughs> that's, dang, that's... Woo! Thick. <laughs> Perry mentioned something about the... He thinks the Jazz have it in the bag because the Clippers are too old. Huh. The Jazz are young. I... Uh, I would like to see the series go to seven games. I think they're the breakout team in the West for you know for mixing shaking up the because uh, nobody really. I mean, the eighth seed spot is really competitive. Yeah. But it's once it gets to the to the actual playoffs, it's not that competitive generally. Mm-hmm. So the, the Jazz clawed their way up. It's true. And they it, had a great season. It, it almost looks like it's shaping up for a game seven with like Rudy going out with the injury. Jazz right. still get the win. Then the Clippers lose a player. So now they're like it's like leveling out a, yeah. a balance here. To seesaw. Yeah. So why not? Why not go seven games? I'd love to see it go seven Heck, and if, see the Jazz win. If they go game seven, or if they if they take it that far, maybe I should get tickets for a game six. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can swing it one more uh, time. That's more money. Um, Clay says in. I think he's your boy here. Clay, your boy Clay is in is attendance. <laughs> um, so that's oh going the thing I mentioned be the transition into the Clippers Jazz. Uh, we were talking about Dame Damian Lillard and uh, Steph Curry their matchup Match and um, how Steph Curry's speed is and his handles are kind of what trumps all guards. Yep. Well, last night in game three, the, when the Jazz were playing the Clippers, uh, the Clippers kept on getting a good switch in the point guard position so that Joe Ingles was guarding Chris Paul. Right. And Joe Ingles is one of those, He, I mean, I say this to everybody, but he's he has a dad bod. He's not a quick guy. He looks like he just got out of a frat party. Yeah, and suited up. And so they they get the switch with him guarding Chris Paul, and Chris Paul just kind of pushes him around with his handles. And that's Chris Paul being a veteran point guard, yeah. knowing to make that switch, probably and force he, that switch. He manages to squeeze all the way through the lane because he gets past him. They, mm-hmm. I don't know, 
why the Jazz didn't try to stop that matchup from happening. I wonder if you think they were worried about opening up too much space for DeAndre and just turning it into a confidence-crushing, humiliating yeah, lob fest. I think it was a size thing. So, like, they did end up putting, uh, what's his name, Neto? They, yeah. They put him in the game a couple times, and I think it was sort of to combat the speed in Chris Paul. Try to slow him down. But then they lost a lot of size by not having Ingles on the floor. Right. Or, um, you know, I'm not entirely sure who he, who he went in for, but I saw that being a major factor towards the end of the game. You know, fourth quarter when Joe Ingles is a bigger guy, probably a little sure. bit out of energy. Um and it helped the Clippers get back. Yeah. So. Well, I expect to see Chris Paul take advantage of kinks in the armor like that tonight or tomorrow, rather. He's he's one of the best point guards in the league. Mm-hmm. He's kind of he's not as flashy as. No, he's like like traditional. Absolutely. He's got that mid range jumper, but he passes it way more mm-hmm. than he shoots. I think. And he also finishes really strong off the glass. I mean, this year he had what two games over ten assists and. No turnovers. Right. He had Which one is game. Crazy. He had one game. Twenty assists. No turnovers. Hundred percent efficiency. Like, how do you do that? I mean, it's hard to beat a team that can do something like that. Yeah. Or have one guy that can do it, let alone. That's true. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, look for us way up in the nosebleeds tomorrow night. We'll be at the Jazz Clippers game in Salt Lake at the Vivint Smart Home Arena. Shout out. Houston, OKC, the. Brothers from Other Mothers Showdown. <laughs> the MVP candidate face-off, if mm-hmm. you will. The triple-double machine versus head-to-head. Head-to-head. The, <laughs> head head. the, the machine. The Who's got them. more 50-point triple-doubles? It's like a competition. Who can get more triple-doubles? They don't matter. It's about wins. It's all about the Ws. Russ said that. He doesn't give up. He doesn't give up? <laughs> a, a single thing. A single four-letter word about it. <laughs> uh... Like ball, like he his best friend is Spalding, and the media Spalding. took that out of control, and they were like, you "Don't have any friends, Russell? What's the problem?" And he's like, "You guys are taking me too literally." Yeah, well, the media is gonna put it in quotes and print that. Yep, I like ball. <laughs> I saw a meme. Spalding and I, we cool. I saw a thing as a meme, probably on NBA memes. I don't know, but they they photoshopped Russell Wilson's or Russell Wilson Russell <laughs> Westbrook's face onto. The castaway guy, Tom Hanks. <laughs> and instead of a volleyball, Wilson, they had Spalding <laughs> on the, the island. Foreground. So, like, it was just perfect. It looked like, I think they should make another movie. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Charles on Facebook says, Obviously, Russ says it doesn't matter, but do you believe it doesn't matter to him? What doesn't matter? What I, I lost it. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Um, I think he's probably talking about... Um, what the stat media line says. doesn't matter. Oh, oh the stat or the line, media. No, it's a stat line. Stat line. Stat line for sure. Oh, I think he does care a little bit. I mean, deep down, I think Russell is a competitor, and he wants the win, um, and especially when he's going head-to-head in the MVP candidate discussion, a little part of him has got to care. Yeah. Triple-doubles. Yeah, I agree. I think a little bit, I think any human being that's just broke the record as a professional in your industry like that, they've got to care a little bit. They have to. I mean... I don't think you can get 42, 43 triple-doubles without trying to get triple-doubles. You know what I mean? It's not like you can just go out on any given night and put up those numbers by coincidence. You're looking at the scoreboard when that type of thing happens. Yeah, you're thinking, oh, how am I going to get one more rebound? Yeah, and so what it boils down to is are his triple-doubles getting them the win the most of the time? 
And from the numbers I've seen, it's true. Like yeah. 75% of the time that they, they, uh, that he gets a triple double, the team wins. If I remember correctly. I mean, that's don't quote me on those numbers or anything, but it seems like most of the time he puts up triple doubles, they get the win. Yeah. No, yeah. That's a good point. Um, I, I think it does carry over. I, He's probably squeezing him out a little bit too. Yeah, I'm a big Russell fan. I love his, I love his mentality. I love yeah. his attack mode. I love his personality. Um, but Charlie Clay and Perry just had some good comments. Charlie's, uh, <laughs> Charlie's is gonna be a good one. <laughs> so Charlie says, "Do you think he should be given the title of the quadruple double record holder or all of his turnovers too? <laughs> oh, for all of his turnovers? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah mean, I think he should. There's no doubt. You're talking about Chris Paul dropping 20 dimes with." Zero no turnovers. turnovers. I think Russ could go the other way. Yeah, that's uh, true. He has, when he's on, he's on, but when he's off, he's off. He has some bad nights. He, I mean, that was like the running joke all year. It's like he got right. a quadruple double tonight, so it was like kind of counteracting the hype of the th- triple double. That guy. being said, besides Steven Adams and Ennis Cantor, who else is on his team that's an impact player that is not just filling a gap? I think that's, that, that's I mean, he he fought him up to, what, fifth seed? and was it Sixth seed. Sorry, sixth seed in the West. Yeah. It's hard to do in the West. It's competitive, so and that's basically on Russell Westbrook's back. He's got a strong lower back and good follow through. Yeah, I think there are a couple guys that are filling in the gaps, but they're not doing their job to the best of their ability. Like Victor Oladipo is another guy on their team that right. Oh yeah, I forgot a... Oladipo went over there from the Magic. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I mean, rookie mistake. Well, I was going to mention like Steve Adams too. Like he was yeah. huge last year. In I the like playoffs. Steven Adams. Yeah, he plays hard. Like he kept the. I feel like he kept the. He he helped them so much in the series against Absolutely. the Warriors last year. He's been a consistent big man for him. Yeah. Defensively too. Yeah. Plus he's goofy and I like He's that real about. goofy. He's got <laughs> some of the best sound bites. Yeah. And he does a lot for the community too. I'm always seeing him on the NBA Cares pages and everything, so good for him. Clay's question is about Russell and MVP. Do you think he deserves MVP because he's seeing seeming carrying he's carrying his team. Yeah. I think Russell is the MVP champion. I mean I could see James Harden's argument to say, hey, wins do matter. You're right. But you got five more wins than him in an 80-game season. If you've blown him out of the water with 15 wins mm-hmm. and your 50-point triple-doubles and all of that, I think so. But breaking Oscar Robinson's record Russell, and, and being the sixth seed, yeah. the, he I, is- I, think, I think Russell Westbrook gets it. He's, he's got... I think it's also good for the NBA, whether it's right or wrong, to make yeah. him the MVP because he's so passionate. Exactly. I, I love his mentality. He's, he's one of those old-school type of players who have that mindset of like just wanting to go win Absolutely. games. Like you see it in his attitude on the court. Like Every time he's got the ball in his hands, he's trying to kill somebody. Right. Trying to kill he's the trying rim. to kill the rim, which is my favorite thing. Yeah, and that is like one of the most entertaining things to watch. I mean, sure, Steph Curry and his, his dazzling handles and all that stuff and his long range shooting ability is really exciting but a guy like you know a point guard who can drive down the lane like a power forward right and dunk it like the best of them i think that that's way more exciting to watch i think the best way i've heard it described with like russell compared to steph in terms of like skilled point guard and the attack mentality is russell is often seemingly out of control yeah his in his i mean that's why he loses a lot of assists and turnovers is because he's he is in that go mode all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's also, you know, he's Perry mentioned it. He's got to step up as a leader. Yeah. He's got to he's got to carry this team both spiritually and physically mm-hmm. with his support group to to beat these guys. I don't see him making it out of the next round if they do beat Houston. Um, but I think this one could go seven. Yeah, because we never did mention that actually in the first couple. But 
if OKC did somehow manage to pull out the four wins in the series against Houston, they would be taking on either the Spurs or the Memphis Grizzlies. Which is looking to be the Spurs. It's looking to be the Spurs. I think they're up 2-1. That's a tough matchup for OKC because Kawhi Leonard is going to stick to Russell like glue. Yeah, there's... And... Yeah, there, I don't see a way that yeah. OKC could get. The I guess we're getting there. ahead of ourselves on this one a little bit. Yeah, um, just a little bit. What, what do you? Anything to mention about Houston aside from, you know, Harden needs to start cooking. Really, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, who do you think? Who do you think's taking this one? Who do I think's taking this series? Houston. I don't know how many games. I'm gonna say five. Five. So you think they're just gonna squeak out two more? I think so. I mean, they're gonna get the last one in OKC. And is Russell is Russell getting MVP? I think he will. Okay. I, I want him to. I should say that. I want him to. I think James Harden. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were like blocking me out like I hate you or something. Uh, but I, I think James Harden is going to get it, but I want Russ to get it. Um, Charles, in response to Clay's question, do you think LeBron has done winning MVP awards? Do you think now that Stefan and likely Russ or Harden this year, can LeBron retake the trophy as – continues to age not while Russell Westbrook and James Harden are dropping 50 point triple doubles on a semi-regular basis I think I think LeBron's higher in the conversation I think LeBron's number three personally Mm -hmm. just because I mean he's what he's 31 now he's 30 and he's still having a great stat line his efficiency's through the roof Mm -hmm. Um, they kind of had an up and down year compared to last year Um, much more consistent on the injuries but I think LeBron is continues to be that I mean his his skill is otherworldly, and he's become normalized by it, the fact that we've seen it for ten years. Yeah, we're like, oh yeah, sure, of course, twenty four and nine and seven is okay. Yeah, you know I, that's that's MVP numbers. It's true. Uh, one of my one of my friends said something about how uh, NBA on TNT they did a lot of coverage on on LeBron James. They were basically oozing over him, like right. And, and you know, for one, it's like okay, we've heard this before, but at the same time, he's he's still wowing people this late in his career. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's out of the question of getting MVPs, even though he's older. I think his chances are di- diminishing by the by the year. I think he's uh, his definitive MVP reign is certainly mm-hmm. in question. Yeah. I, he might be done. Uh, let's see. Perry says, Westbrook is the MVP. He is what it's about. He is the package. I agree. I mean, he's got all the he's got all the things you want in a player. You're right, Perry. Um, told him he could bring the team back to the playoffs when Durant left, and he did that. Like Perry says, it's so true. Yeah. And I think that that says a lot that he's able to put his words out on the line and prove it, whether it means getting triple doubles. It means he's a prophet. <laughs> yeah. He's clairvoyant Russ. <laughs> uh, Perry says, LeBron is done. Got a LeBron <laughs> hater. <laughs> That's all right. I think, I think he's, I, I think LeBron is number three this year in the MVP race. Yeah. But, um, and then you look at people like Curry. I mean, Clay Thompson isn't even close to up there, but no. KD. Kawhi might be another one up there because if we're talking about most valuable player, if you take Kawhi Leonard off the Spurs, they become a very low seed. Yeah, that's true. uh, Because Tony Parker's old, Manu Ginobili's old. Uh, They lost that other big French guy, Boris Diaw. To the Jazz. uh, To the Jazz, which he's been a good role player there. And uh, and Timmy retired. Mm -hmm. They brought in Powell, which actually turns out to be a fantastic fit. The last couple years I've been saying the Spurs are too old as well, and we might as well just move on to that section now because we're talking about them. But I've said that the last few years too that the Spurs are an old team and there's no way they can contend with the young likes of Steph Curry and Clay. Like that's that's a pretty young team for being a championship caliber really team. team. 
But the Spurs still, they're, I consider them to be like a silent killer. They are. They always stay under the radar. Yeah. They get it done every year. They're exactly. meticulous. Popovich is the best coach in the NBA. I agree with that 100%. They're silent killers. I mean, they're led by the silent assassin. That's <laughs> true. They're coached by, you know, the, you know, the silent killer. It's just, they're not as exciting to watch. Like, as a young I need I need I need dynamic movement. And I love watching Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. But the rest of the Spurs team, it's like they pot out the walkers and the <laughs> wheelchairs. And it's fundamental basketball, especially exactly. when Timmy was there. Tony just... Parker to Timmy. Yeah. I mean, give and go, pick and roll. Yeah, so fast. Like you know, a couple years Smooth. ago when they were really contending for a championship and like their ball movement was the most beautiful work of art I've seen Absolutely. as of late. Until the Golden State Warriors have perfected it. Exactly. Essentially over the last year or two yeah and so offensive powerhouse and so yeah you're right i think the old guys are kind of like just grinding around screens and just putting themselves in the right places to do what they're good at right like manu ginobili being just that left-handed elusiveness i don't know what it is but somehow he's still still kicking they're 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 under the radar low-key they like it that way Mm -hmm. they don't need the spotlight they don't have the divas yeah it's true very professional need the attention they're quiet they get their work done they're led by a guy that has said you know, says three words a season, <laughs> and one of those this one of those uh, quotes this season was, "I like basketball." It's true; he's pretty good at it too. <laughs> he literally just said that in an interview. But I, I like I, basketball. I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't like Kawhi Leonard. This might be kind of a bold statement, but Kawhi Leonard is soft-spoken, hardworking, talented, defensive. Yeah, and has developed into a offensive powerhouse it's, this year. He used to be good for the three ball and the occasional corner shot, like ten foot jumper. I mean, the guy's averaging like 26 points a game, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. And I think he's doing those two things well, like you mentioned. Defending, Mm -hmm. and he's bringing up his offensive game as well. It's like That's why I think he should be in the MVP discussion. I mean, usually when you talk MVP, you talk maybe top three to five. Yeah, He's definitely in there. And a lot of times when you talk about a player you don't like, it's because of something they did off the court. This guy has nothing. No, he's clean slate. I mean, he's quiet. He's meticulous. He's respectful. Mm -hmm. Talented. uh, Let's see. Perry says, "Remember, LeBron will never be at MJ." That's true. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they. Sh- I don't think they should. I mean, it's potato or it's apples. Apples to oranges. Yeah. I. I mean, different I, era. Different. I don't know if you. Uh, different talent. Listen to the a couple of podcasts ago, but I mentioned an article that I'm working on for the blog, and it's. I'm going to just give the title. I'll give a little bit of information about it, but I want to do a lot of research on this before it goes out. Um, but since you mentioned it, like. I don't think that there will ever be a greatest NBA player of all time. And there are several things that go into that, like comparing different eras, different styles of play, different positions, uh, play schedule, the schedule teams that they play against. Um, everything has a variable to it that is, um, it could be, me- I mean, it's measurable. Right. And, so I think when you say that, like, you're right, there will never be, an, uh, LeBron will never be an MJ because he's way bigger than MJ was. Um, he's, I mean, he's huge. Playing in a softer era. He's playing in a softer era. A more era. spread out era. He's also a, known as a flopper. MJ never did such a thing. So you're right, he'll never be an MJ. I have a lot of respect for MJ. Who doesn't? Right. Uh, Charles says, amen, Perry, well said. Let the LeBron hating continue. <laughs> <laughs> What are your thoughts on Pop making those odd moves by benching his starters at unusual points? I think whatever Popovich does, even if he's senile and his brain is melting inside his skull, is a genius play. (laughs) 
We just don't know it yet. We don't know why. He's clearly doing the right things, or he has historically, so why would you not trust whatever he's doing? I mean... I did. I, I heard about that. There's been a lot of talk about resting players, in right? Different resting, points of the resting starters and fans suffering. Yeah, their because they're trying to rest their legs for the playoffs. I think the NBA will have an answer for that after this postseason. Yeah, Adam it such a big that deal. that will be the uh, focus of the off season mm-hmm. for fixing that. It'll probably just be fines, yeah. fines for the organization, <laughs> and uh, maybe even or, severe enough it'll be uh, lost games. For or the if players. they're or if they're going to let players rest, maybe they have to put like they have to have those days marked out in right. advance. So fans who are buying tickets, they are can aware. try to take back or they can wait to get tickets to see if that player is going to play or not. And then if they're past that point of, you know, 30 days before the game, I think we should talk about this just for a few minutes. Cause it's, it's tough as a fan. You want the highest level of competition, but you also, if you're paying your hard earned taxed money to mm-hmm. go see a game, you want to see the players that you want to see, mm-hmm. which are the starters, the stars more often than not. Um, <clears throat> but from a, highest level of competition standpoint, it, it is a coach should have the option to rest a player in an 82-game season if needed. Now, I know the, yeah. the, the greats didn't used to. They didn't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. They played hard every game. But in this more modern era, I think you either you can't have both. Mm-hmm. Or if you are, you need to sit down and figure it out because right now it's a gray area. It is a gray area. It's Because, I mean, while basketball is entertaining you know, for us fans, right. it is also a business, and they're trying mm-hmm. to – uh, be the best business and you know in other terms they're trying to win championships and if that means resting players to put their players in the best position to do so right why is how why should they be penalized for something like and that the, and the caliber of player being rested i don't think is really uh shouldn't be a cornerstone on whether this rule mm-hmm. how this rule is affected because you look at somebody like lebron james who's essentially played basketball every week of every month for the last 10 years. The NBA, uh, the U.S. national team, deep in the playoffs for the last 10 years, off season. I mean, the guy is just nonstop playing basketball. But, you, I mean, you should be able to rest anybody, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that guy, you shouldn't give him preferential treatment. Right. Either he gets treated the same way as everybody else or you change the rule. Yeah, it's... It's definitely like a, a 50-50, I think. It'll be interesting to see what Adam Silver decides to do at the end of the season. Uh, Jason Jason on Facebook says, I'm late to the podcast, but that Jazz game was crap. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll... It's a rough ending. I won't lie. I wanted the Jazz to get that one. They kind of fumbled around in that late in the fourth quarter. Paul George kind of shredded them. Um, also, what was with Gordon Hayward's lackadaisical quarterback pass in? <laughs> He's like... Three seconds have gone off the clock for the five-second violation. And he's I think, like, I think, I think he panicked. Yeah, he just freaked out. And I think that's where you know playoff experience comes Absolutely. into play. Um, they I, will practice that play in practice yes, they a will. lot. When Gordon Hayward will make that quarterback pass. When you don't have any timeouts and you have to take it out from full court with three, five seconds to go, what do you do? Right. Probably give it to a guy who can shoot it from half court. Probably. <laughs> okay. Spurs, Memphis, who's coming out on top and in how many games? Oh, man, we didn't even talk about Memphis. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> My friend Steve, is, if he's in here, he's going to be upset. But um, I think that the Spurs – I'm, I'm surprised Memphis even got a win against the Spurs. I thought the Spurs were going to sweep. Yeah, so therefore I'm saying game five in San Antonio. Got it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Same? I think San Antonio is going to take it in five or six. Yeah. I can't, I can't make a decision on that. Um, <laughs> but I think – the Memphis squeaked one out. They got they got lucky. I do. Uh, Marcus Saul's a talent. So is Conley. Conley. Conley's got probably the best handles in the league. He's probably one of the most. He's probably the most underrated 
guard in the high level point guard. Absolutely. Yes. I don't Absolutely. know why people look over him. He's just not that flashy, and he hasn't. He's a good guy. Conley is quiet, yeah. respectful. Mike Conley has had zero technical fouls, and I think eight years. I might have to fact check that, but like yeah. Russell Westbrook gets thirty, you know, thirty in the first half of the season. Mike Conley, Dream you can only find videos of him playoffs. breaking up fights. And I'm like, hey guys, calm down, relax. Yeah. It's just basketball. <laughs> and another thing to mention in this series too is uh, after it was either I think it was game one, yeah, game one because Memphis or it could have been game two. Either way, um, basically the coach of the Grizzlies was really upset because. Right. Uh, they took like 32 shots in the paint and they only had 15 free throws. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs took like 16 shots in the paint and had like 30-something free throws, which is more than their entire team. Right. Uh, or no, he's saying they we were out here playing basketball and they were... No, I think that was a different series, but he was like... Oh, that was Atlanta, I'm sorry. Yeah, but that was just because they were pushing people around after shots. physical. But he does kind of have a point. Like, there's a certain point where numbers can tell you something about a game and certainly it data is beautiful yeah it's like i like to look at numbers with a grain of salt because i think there's a lot more that goes into the game of basketball and let alone every other you know every other sport the abstract factors exactly it's what the blog is all about and so you look at numbers and you kind of have to really analyze and make sure that that's making an impact on the game and i think in that situation it's so true yeah but then again were people driving down the lane and not were there just no fouls, right? So you can't call a foul if there's no foul, right? So, I don't know, and the, and the refs are often scapegoats in the end, you know, in the NFL yeah. and the NBA, it's it's getting better with replay, yeah, uh, especially in the crunch time minutes. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, you just had to accept it and move on. Yeah, I I do have to say though, um, what's his name, Coach Fizz? Yeah, call him Coach Fizz, Coach yeah. Fizz and Pop, Fizz and Pop. <laughs> Uh, I love Coach Fizz's voice. I know that's weird, but he it's, has like this voice that just like cuts through the microphone. Like, uh, it's it's awesome. very distinct, very much, it's very distinct. But I did love how he mentioned he did mention Mike Conley. He's like, I know Mike Conley is this guy that's not going to cause problems, but I can't stand for this. So he's like right. speaking for Mike Conley. Um, but he's like he basically said that they didn't give us a chance. We should have been closer. In that Essentially, game. saying the rest took it away. Yeah, and. Then players, he He'll got get a fine. nice fine for that. He got fined. Thirty get thirty thousand or something. And like the that. players on his team offered to pay for it, which is always a cool gesture to see. Um, that might actually make him. They they might come in ready to heated. guns a blazing. Yeah, this would be a good one to watch. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I Spurs in five. I think we're kind of on the same page on that, that one. Game tees off in thirty minutes. Really? Right. Oh, that is tonight. Yeah. Oh wow. It's gonna be a watch worth your time. There you go. All right, so after that, we're moving on from the Western Conference. Well, before we move on, real quick, to do the bracket rabbit right. hole. So if in our predictions, we had Houston beating OKC. Correct. Um, we had Spurs beating Memphis. So Houston, three seed, go against Spurs, two seed. Mm-hmm. What do you predict in that one? You got anything? I think, the, I think if they go Houston-San Antonio, I think the San Antonio Spurs would come out with that, to be honest with you. Yeah? I think Kawhi would have a major... I mean, nobody can have... Nobody can shut down James Harden. But he, they have, like, a similar size. Similar. Absolutely. And I think I think they balance each other out well. There's no saying that Kawhi, even though he's a small forward, shooting guard right. mix... Small forward, shooting guard. He can guard Harden because they're similar size, similar speed. And he's really athletic and has a lot of endurance. Giant hands, too. Yeah. Like, probably twice as big as mine. <laughs> Three times as big as mine. Um, I could probably... Smack the camera from here with Kawhi Leonard's <laughs> yeah, arms. Fingers too, that guys are two long. feet long. 
Michael on Facebook says, word. Word, Michael. What about Michael? Michael will be coming with us to the basketball See you tomorrow. <laughs> um, so that's what we've got for the Western Conference. Moving into the East, a little bit of a different picture. You know, um, it's In the past, it's kind of historic that the West has been stacked more than the East. More competitive. Um, At least in the recent history. Yeah, and it still stands true this year, but that doesn't mean the teams are just not as not as good as the teams in the West. Obviously, they have different playing schedules. They're playing the teams right. in the East more than they are the West. Um, in-conference play is important. So you can't really judge by their record. You have to just judge by the players, I think, in that case. Um, Perry says, thanks for the invite to the Jazz game. You live too far away, my dude. I'm sorry. Look at him. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even invite my own father. Uh, <laughs> I, sour. He's coming now, but it's awkward. So He's riding in the trunk. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to deal with that. Um, so the first game in the Eastern Conference is Boston and Chicago. Right One now, that the current record nobody was really going to be predicting. It's true. Um, Chicago is without their star. They are without their star. Their veteran star. And Boston has a sort of off the court story that's happening that's kind of mm-hmm. affected the. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the mood or the morale, but um, just the. It, it makes things a little bit tense. Certainly. Um, if you haven't heard, I'm sure you have. If you've been following anything in the NBA playoffs, but. Um, Isaiah Thomas's sister uh, died in a car accident prior to game one of that series. Um, and, you know, thoughts go out to the Thomas family. It's a really sad story. I couldn't even imagine what he's going through. And then having the courage to go out and play in game one. Uh, try a lot to... on your mind, a lot on your heart, a lot on your soul. Yeah, and this is the guy who gave his heart and soul to the game uh, all season long. Right, he's put them in Mr. The fourth Quarter. Mr. Fourth Quarter, they, they came up and surpassed the Cavs to take the one seed. He'd been playing with a chip on his shoulder all season after the Kings kind of snuffed him. Yeah, and so then he's going through a really tough time. We'll wait till this reconnects. Good thing I have the audio right here. I don't have to go back and edit this. And I'm not even going to edit that out because... It even says due want. to poor li- wireless connection. Wireless? It's wired. Due to poor wireless connection, your video has been paused. That's weird. Dude, uh, hey, we're there back. We go. We're back. Sorry for the pause. Hit the ground rolling. <laughs> yeah, so the Isaiah Thomas situation is maybe kind of changed the dynamic of this series a little bit. Um, everybody kind of thought the Celtics were going to defeat the Bulls without a problem. Correct. I think, um, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a sweep. Yeah, and then the Bulls managed to get both games in Boston. Mm-hmm. And now, huge. And now, like, the Celtics are kind of turning the tables on them and trying to get both games in right. Chicago. I think um, I think the Boston's kind of regrouping. I think mm-hmm. the Celtics are kind of after that emotional derailment to their leader. Mm-hmm. They're they're coming back together. I think uh, so which too. is scary for Chicago because Chicago is without Dwayne Wade and without Rondo and without Rajon. Wait, are they without Wade? Well, Rondo sat. I thought Wade hurt his elbow. Charlie. Um, I'll, let me Google that. But I know that Rondo Rondo's fractured his thumb. Sh- yeah, he was, and he was wearing a short sleeve j- uh, blazer, which looked really <clears throat> good. <laughs> um, he also tried to trip. Yep. Oh, what's um, his name? Crowder. Crowder. Tried uh, to trip he, Crowder. Yep. Um. Oh my goodness! According to yeah, this no, that's like a month ago. That's not true. Perry's Perry's calling Chicago. Wait, Dwayne Wade injury he's, is a fractured elbow that ended his season back in March. Yep. How did I not know this? Because do Dwayne, I even follow Dwayne basketball? Wade is fading in his insignificance. No, that's not true. It's because he hasn't played since March. 
Wow. Yeah, he fractured his elbow. He's out. I'm glad I'm not crazy. I suck. I'm crazy right. for not knowing that. Sorry, guys. Uh, Wade's been playing, right? No. I don't think so. I think his elbow's... I, we just learned that he has a fractured elbow. I just looked it up. It... We're going to double check. SB Nation says <laughs> fractured elbow on March 16th. Yeah, I'm almost positive he was out for the season. Um, here, I'll go to NBA.com. We'll check out their stat lines for the series. But um, but they've been playing. What, I mean, Jimmy Butler is a star. He's a talent. He can carry the team. Yeah, he has definitely shown Said that. Charlie saying he has stats. So maybe maybe he he, did he rehab and come back for the playoffs? That's weird. The first few articles I saw in the excerpts, it said that he was out for the season. Maybe, maybe regular, regular season. season. Yeah, maybe he came back. Huh. Dislocated his elbow. Okay. Elbow fracture. Well, we'll take your word for it. That's strange. I mean, I thought he was playing. That's why I was confused when you said Wade. But um, Charlie, they're out. ghost stats. They're just making it up. They're making him feel better. <laughs> He's paying them. He's paying them. <laughs> no, he put up. He put up minutes. He played 33, 32, okay. and thirty-four. All no, right. He's playing. He put up eighteen, twenty-two, and eleven. He's averaging uh, just at. 16 points for the playoffs. That's pretty good for an old guy. Wow, that was pretty embarrassing. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, really, we really blew that. <laughs> yeah, I guess the last time I paid attention to Dwayne Wade was when he hurt his elbow in March. Yeah. But he's been having a pretty good season well, in Chicago. He's just, he's the he's mentioned that Jimmy Butler is the leader of the team. Yeah. But there's no Which doubt is, that his veteran, mm-hmm. his years in the playoffs and talent leaves him to be a, a rock in that foundation. Yeah, and... And I think Jimmy Butler should be the leader of that team. He's Absolutely. A, he's a young guy. I feel like he can pull a lot of knowledge from players like Rondo and Wade and um, you know those guys mainly because they play close to his position. Yep. Um, but I think it says a lot that Wade did come out and say that because it's, there was confusion. I don't think Rajon Rondo was ever a leader on the Celtics. It was probably more like Kevin Garnett when he was Yeah, them. Rondo was also always silent, honestly. Yeah. He. The only time he was talking to the media is when he was getting in trouble and mm-hmm. and punching reporters or pushing them. And yeah, and because just because you're the point guard of the team and you're like leading the team on the court doesn't mean you right. lead them. Paul off Pierce the court. and Kevin Garnett. I mean, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, LeBron James is perfect example of that. Um, Charles says, uh, "Do you think this changes the trade discussions around Butler?" I I don't I think it does because that kind of went to the wayside after the trade deadline hit. And I, I think with them being so successful right now in the playoffs where they were able to – if they can squeak out a win in this series against yeah. the Celtics, I think that he would stay in Chicago for sure. I think Jimmy wants to stay in Chicago. Yeah. He was just kind of getting pushed around a little bit. I think it was the, right. the leadership discussion and who whose roles were what. Um, but I don't, I don't think it changed. Wade's got a anymore. few good years left, but he's not a franchise player anymore. He's a role player. Yeah, and – who says, who says he shouldn't take a back seat a little bit more? Absolutely, and I think he's okay with that. Yeah. I think he made that clear, like you said, to your point, mm-hmm. by coming out and saying, Jimmy Butler's the leader of this team. Yeah. Sometimes that's really important. What you say about your teammates, how you carry yourself in the media is huge. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Paul George and essentially the mistakes, I would say, that he is, in my opinion, that he's making yeah. with how he's carrying himself. He's basically just, without getting too derailed off this, pulling up a big flag to the top of the pole that says, trade me yep and you know who wants to pick him up yeah i do the los angeles lakers and magic johnson is interested so i'm sure he is so i think he's kind of i mean in contrast Dwayne wade is a veteran in all factors he yeah. he knows that this he's went through this with lebron and bosh oh yeah with the big three he went through it with Shaq when he was the young leader Which of the probably team. why he's so knowledgeable about it he's able to share absolutely 
That's yeah. why Chicago wanted to bring him in. And he's a hometown hero too. Yeah. He replaced the he filled the Derrick Rose gap. Mm-hmm. And that's why he'll never leave Chicago. I don't think. I think he'll he retire w- there. Wants to finish his career at home. I think so. Um, Perry says yes. They will build around Butler after Wade leaves. I I think so. It'll be interesting to see who they can put around him. Right at that point yeah. too. I mean, Wade's got a couple more years, so it'll be it interesting. Could, absolutely. Um, but Boston, Chicago. I mean, this one's kind of a. This is a, this is a wish wash here. I don't know just how this one's going to end. Because everybody thought sweep for the Celtics. Hot take. Who's winning? I think the I think I think the Bulls get game three, game four. It's game four, right? Game four. I think the Bulls get game four, guys. That would be this three. This is tough. One. I don't know. I think Chicago might squeak this out. Because I mean, they they all they have that home court advantage. I mean, right. that, I think that sort of has like a an untold thing about it. Like when untold you have home value. court advantage, you usually win more. Like it's just kind of known. Um, and so I think the the Bulls are going to get Game Four. I'm not so sure about Game Five, but maybe they'll get it in six. Chicago in seven. Chicago I think this goes seven. deep. I think Boston. I think Boston cl- fights tooth and nail to not let this one go. Oh my god! But I think they might be emotionally deflated. I could see it going that way too, kind of like the Clippers Jazz series, where it's been sort of like, right? You don't really know. There's some situations at hand that balance out the situation. I could eat crow on this though too, because we're talking about the number one seed in the East. Charlie mentioned something about the discrepancy between uh, the West and the East and caliber of team. Why? Why we think it's historically been that way? Oh, I didn't even see that. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's uh, much better weather in the West, and people are used to playing basketball in the sun in California year-round. <laughs> no. I don't know, actually, Charlie. I think uh, I think that might have to do with culture and money. Mm-hmm. Um, big franchises in the West versus the East. The East has Boston, New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. and those are pretty much... I mean, Cleveland now because Cleveland. LeBron and, and Kyrie and... Um, <clears throat> Kevin Lover there, but the West has a uh, more stab. I mean, the Lakers are the biggest franchise in the. Yeah, they've been. Huge I mean, even forever. though they're at the bottom of the league right now, they haven't historically. They've been top the last ten mm-hmm. years. Yeah, and well, last I think it's. I think you're right. It has to do something with business and and culture. It's business culture and where people want to play. Recruiting where people want to play is huge. I mean, when you're a basketball player, your job is to you know put the ball in the hoop. But you also have that you choice. You live like, there. This is your job. Like, where do I want to Milwaukee, <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah, so that's another thing to think about. I, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Right. Um, that's a really that's a really multifaceted question. That's a is. tough one. That's a deep one to cover on I'm, the spot. I might be too much of an amateur to give you a hard, <laughs> in-depth analysis. You might have to ask uh, Phil or uh, what's his name about that? Never mind. Phil yeah. Sims? Not Sims, no. <laughs> Don't ask Phil Sims anything. <laughs> Charles says Texas does have three teams, and Texas doesn't change, doesn't charge state taxes. Well, there you go. You better believe that uh, the Mavericks and uh, Spurs. Well, what's and the name? Rockets? Who, who's the Mavericks owner? Oh, Cuban, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. You better believe the taxes came into effect with Mark Cuban choosing to put that team in Dallas. Yeah, and that's probably he's why a money man. That's probably why there's three teams in the state. Absolutely. So like, how many can we file in here? Texas is all, and they're all in you know central and east Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also I think the sports culture in Texas is huge. I think that makes a big role too. They knew that the market could be filled there. Yeah. Because I mean, look at football in Texas. It, football in Texas is like has a 
high school football in Texas. Yeah, it's like every, an NFL the, following. Every level of football There's, in Texas. <laughs> you know, towns in the middle of nowhere that have 10,000 people in the town and 20,000 persons, you know, arenas for their high school football team. The whole area comes out to watch these teams. It's crazy. Yeah, so I, I think... But I think culture. That kind of goes with the culture aspect. Culture and market. Um, so... It sounds like we both have the Bulls, and in later games, it's not going to be like a quick defeat. No, um, I think it's going to be tooth and nail. It's going to be an ugly one. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, game four tomorrow, something to look forward to in Chicago. But moving on, we got Washington and Atlanta. Washington is up 2-0, and they are the four seed going against the five seed Atlanta Hawks. Um see how this game finished go ahead oh uh, yeah go ahead this one started earlier go ahead you can keep continue your thought i'm just looking up real quick so i think that uh john wall has definitely shown up this year in the playoffs absolutely um whereas in in past years him and bradley bill just didn't step up to the plate like we know they can they need to yeah because they are the they're going to carry that team but i also think the hawks are one of those teams where they've they've made it to the playoffs i think they were a three seed last year i i may be wrong but i They've been up there, similar to the Clippers situation, but they can never find a way through like the second round or right. something like that. So um, it's interesting to see them down 2-0 right now against the Wizards. Um, that being said, Atlanta is up 20 right now with about five minutes left. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's going to be 2-1. It's going to be 2-1. Atlanta Hawks are going to get that one. Um, I don't even know. Like th- This is another one of those toss-ups because – right. I don't know a whole lot of the players on the Hawks. They got like Schroeder. They've got is Dwight Howard there still? <laughs> yeah, he is. I was about to say it's about to be Dwight Howard's going to get a playoff win for the first time in a while. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and then I think that John Wall is like the difference maker in this series. Yeah. Uh, fun fact for everybody out there, all seven of you that are here, I have John Wall's autograph. That's it's, quality. Problem is, it's in pencil. <laughs> Could you write over it with a pen? No, I don't want to do that. You could sharpie it. You know what I want I trust to trust you. You got a steady hand. You're a designer. Yeah, you're sure. To, I can whip to, that out. You're but, an artist, artiste. But the problem is, like, what I want to do, I want to go to another Wizards game, and I'm gonna have a sharpie and be like, "Hey, what's up, man?" So you, you do you remember me? I got the, yeah. Do you remember me from two years ago? I got this autograph on a piece of paper on a pencil, or with a pencil. <laughs> And I feel like an idiot. Could you just trace your last autograph for me, please? That's such a great opener. I'm sure he that, that might actually mix things up for him. I, yeah, he'd probably just ignore me from the get-go. But I'll, <laughs> if I can put the signature in his face and be like, True. This is yours. Can you... Please validate. Please validate this. <laughs> I need to get this uh, authenticated. <laughs> uh, he'd probably think that I like drew that myself, and then he'd try to come over the top. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not today, kid. <laughs> uh, Brad says, Is this live? Um, the red live button on the top left would make me assume yes. I believe so. Um, and then he says, just got home from golfing. Nice. Nice. Hey, I forgot my clubs, so. Yeah, Corbin was supposed to bring Next his time. clubs. I told him to and everything. Worthless. I actually didn't. I felt bad when I didn't because I wanted to go golfing. Um, but we have other things planned. We do. Going to that basketball Certain game. thing tomorrow. Um, Brad. Brad, where's your beer, dudes? What are you talking about? This is a family-friendly podcast, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas just raised his beer in the background. <laughs> hey, it's not on camera. It's all so, right. 
Is there any other dynamic in the Washington? To me, this is kind of one of the more boring matchups of the playoffs. It's just there's not a lot of story behind it. The question is, is Wall going to step up? Is Beal going to step up? Mm-hmm. Atlanta has some playmakers, but it's they've got a uh, who's who's got the Wiz Khalifa hair? Oh, that's uh, Shre- Schroeder. Schroeder. Um, he's a fairly talented young guy, but yeah, nothing too crazy. They got Dwight Howard and playing middle. Um, Teague is Teague still there? Jeff Teague is there. I, I think I think Washington comes out of this one. I think so too. Six. I mean, even though they they're gonna take a hit tonight, sweeps don't happen. I mean, in the NBA, you're playing six, you know, five, six games. You're traveling a lot. A lot goes into a lot of factors into having a brain fart night where everybody can't get it together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right. We're both on the same page here too. It's not gonna be a sweep, obviously, because they're gonna get the win tonight. Um, and that we've been pretty confident in all of our choices about it being like game five. Like there's one loss in the series. But that's just kind of how these things have shaped up. It seems like, like yeah. teams are gonna—they're they're just better than the other team, like that. Yeah, I think um, I think Washington's the better team. I think they're gonna win it. <clears throat> See you, Clay. Clay's out of here. Thanks for stopping by. Later, Clay. It was good talking to you a little bit. Um, let's see who. What about what else we have here? Perry says Brad doesn't know how to golf. Oh, man, that's a bummer. Shots fired. <laughs> Eric says signing up for the Vandal Alum Tournament. So. Here in Southeast Idaho, there's a golf tournament that happens every year. It's called the Vandal Scramble, I believe. So we um, do a Vandal Pig Out over in my neck of the woods. Okay. Maybe we'll have to cross uh, yeah, cross the should, borders. We should both swap I did the Vandal Pig Out last year. It was a lot of fun. Sweet. Yeah, we should try to make something up for that. They brought Petrino out. Really? Yeah. Uh, told us, he told us we were going to make a bowl game. The man predicted the bowl game. He told us we were going to go to one and we we're going to win, and I didn't believe him. And then we went, we went. And we watched them win. It's true. They still have a plastic potato in my house <laughs> from the it, trophy bowl. It fell out of the trophy bowl, and he's fell got it at home. Into my hands, right into my pocket. I was. We were on the field when they were taking the trophy back to the locker room, and I was just with on my Snapchat, just, oh my gosh, this is happening. And it was on Snapchat of all we got things. To, we got to hold the, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl trophy. Pretty awesome. Very prestigious. Yeah, it was on that. A little disappointed that it was plastic potatoes, to be honest with you. <laughs> they <laughs> winter well. You think they could just bring them out? <laughs> but it was it was on that ugly blue turf. It was, yeah. But I felt good to rub my my shoes on the Smurf turf. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Vandal Scramble, I do plan on participating on that. This is kind of a tangent we're getting off on. You have to but, put that on the books. But yeah, I I feel like I'll be doing that tournament. I'm also going to be going to the one in Twin if we can make something work for that. Uh, man, the chat is on fire it's today. Blowing up. We're at 64 comments. I need like. A person to reply to these for me or something. Uh, you want to keep moving? I'll keep. I'll, I'll read them off to you. Uh, let's see. Uh, signing up. Yeah, tournament. Got that one. Brad. Petrino's, Charlie Petrino's a beautiful man. I wouldn't go that far, but he <laughs> managed to put together a winning bowl game season. I was going to mention that we had Rob Spear come out to ours last year. Rob and Petrino came out. Yeah. So Rob's the guy with all the money. Rob controls the cash flow for the <laughs> team. I'm sure he's disappointed. We'll be whack. <laughs> Uh, Perry says Atlanta has more talent, but I can't, but can't use the talent in the right way. Really, I don't think. Well, I think Dwight, Bradley Beal and John Wall's a pretty talented duo offensively. I think Dwight has turned into one of those like biggest flops ever yeah. type of players. He hasn't lived up to what he can do. He's a drama queen. That's true. Every YouTube video making fun of him is actually true. <laughs> I Go think. look up some uh, Dwight Howard YouTube videos. Yeah, it's real um, eighty five. Educate yourself. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Washington, Atlanta, we got Washington going in five and six, seven. Yeah. I I'd say, I'd seven. say Washington squeaking out of this in five. Cool. Um, 
Need to work on that autograph. I'll have to find out when the Wizards are coming to Salt Lake so I can go over there and get that second autograph. <laughs> there you go. I'll feel I'll like a fool, up. but it'll be hilarious. <laughs> uh, so on to the next one. Brad's trying to bait us with some LeBron hate. Let's talk about LeBron missing out on defense. We already talked about that. You were late, Brad. You missed it. Yep. He's actually one of the top ten players who don't make it across half court before defense. Number four. Before offense. Number four. So he comes usually, it's the number of times that he crosses half court after the ball on defense. He's number four. Three seconds late. That's a lot. That is bad. Not as not as much as Draymond Green, though. Poor transition defense, you would think. Absolutely. Or you'd say. But you Draymond th- Green's like one of the most defensive guys in the NBA. True. But also don't forget that LeBron changed the swing of the playoffs to win in Game 6 with that massive block. Or Game 7, sorry. That and, massive block and against it's always a chase uh, from behind Iguodala. Block. Yep. Chase from behinds have to come so from behind. So that one time he does kick out, you know, turn on the supercharger, he can get down there and put his hand on the glass. Because <laughs> you know he's got a supercharger. The dude is not human. Uh, Alice says, do you think the Jazz can win now? The Clippers don't have Blake Griffin. I think that their chances have risen. I think they've increased. Much, um, very muchly, if you, you like, that's not a word, but I have to use it. Muchly is a word. We'll just Their chances are write higher. It off. Um, but I think it's sort of like 50-50. Zane um, Jensen, though. Hold on, i got to interrupt you. Zane Jensen stepping <laughs> in from the University of Idaho alumni group to drop the LeBron is GOAT. Shout out to Zane. What's, What's up, buddy? What's going on, Zane? Glad you're here, man. I agree. <laughs> At first, Sorry, I thought that was it. I thought that was Kobe Bryant's logo. I had to take logo. advantage of that. I saw that from a distance. I thought that was like the Mamba logo. It looks like it from and here. I was like, LeBron is Kobe. Like, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Carry no, on. No, you're good. It's cool to see some new people in the podcast. we got Levi coming in here. Um, let's get through the comments. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Where are you reading that at? Sorry, that was Charlie. Oh, any chance of a Spurs versus Golden State Warriors matchup? Yes. I mean, number I one so. seed, number two seed going all the way. I think we did have them. We had Spurs going on to the next round, and Golden State would presumably make it to the finals. Golden State would get past Utah or the Clippers. That would be problem. the Western matchup that we all want. Yeah, Spurs. Oh, man, that would be beautiful. That would be that would be ideal. <clears throat> I think that the Warriors would still beat the Spurs, though. I that, think so, going too. Going back to the old men with the crutches running around the court. Grinding around on screens and just Popovich is using rocks to draw up the plays, <laughs> ash from the fire. Yep. And then if we look at the East, Eastern Conference, you know the Celtics are kind of struggling, but a, I want to see the Celtics and Cleveland face off. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because by that point of the playoffs, they are going to be both like ready to go. Right. Like, well, well oiled. Machines. They're going to have worked out the kinks from a playoff perspective. Yeah. In terms of this <clears throat> matchup specifically, Toronto and Milwaukee. To Charlie's question, if Milwaukee's mm-hmm. the dark, excuse me, the dark horse for the East, I think they are. They've shown up, although they coughed up the win earlier for for Toronto. So I don't know. Uh, they're not bulletproof, but watching Anton Kupo, mm-hmm. Giannis is unbelievable. It's like a mix between Dwight Howard's size and Kevin Durant's athleticism and length. It's mm-hmm. insane. And so they Milwaukee lost. You said. Yeah, they lost one. So Milwaukee's they were two zero. So back to two two. Oh, I'm sorry. From earlier today. Yeah, earlier today. That's a good question. Um, I think think Milwaukee did end up winning. That would put the series three one if that's true. Um, my NBA.com is kind of frozen from here right yeah, now. Yeah, for reason. <laughs> um, let's see who else. Who invited Zane? 
Zane's always invited. <laughs> Brad says that's an awesome table they have there. Thanks, Brad. Uh, actually, Eric uh, earlier in the he's right there. Actually, he says LOL in all caps. He made this thing with yeah. the help of my wife's hands. The Raptors won eighty-seven seventy-six. So it was now two and two. So okay, there we go. Maybe they won't be the dark horse. That was low-scoring game. It was very low-scoring. But I do have to say that Milwaukee is a really exciting team to watch right now with Giannis. Yeah, absolutely. The Greek freak himself. The Greek freak. He he does some creepy stuff to the rim. (laughs) Like jumping from just inside the free throw line to dunk it. He put his head to the top of the backboard. He's a freak. (laughs) He's got got a huge wingspan. I Honestly, Kyle Lowry and uh, um, DeMar DeRozan... They are stepping up. I think they might take the momentum swing here and finish this. I think Toronto will win it in six or seven. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see Milwaukee move on. I'd like to see them develop some depth there, yeah. get some playoff experience. That'd be big uh, for them. For, as a well, team. and for Milwaukee, I mean, come on. That's a tough sport to be a basketball fan. I know Wisconsin's got the Packers. Tough but, state, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Tough. Well, it's a tough state to live in in general, <laughs> but generally speaking, being in Milwaukee and being a sports fan is oh, okay. gotcha. tough. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the Brewers. Yeah, I the like... The Brewers. The Brewers? The Bucks. Oh. <laughs> Switch to baseball. But Milwaukee is baseball. Still in Milwaukee. Whatever. Um, <laughs> see Charlie's comment. I really just want Drake to be depressed. <laughs> I kind of want to see him do like a... Like, see... I want to see him get his hopes up. Like, game seven. Kyle Lowry takes it to the rack. They go up two or three seconds left, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo just dunks on them for the win and just see him crushed. Dunk for the win? I think that would produce like some really good, depressed, Drake, emotional music. Oh. I mean, we could, if game seven, game, you know, they lose with two points, I think it'd He'll be have some good for content. the music industry. He'll have some good content. Yeah, it'd be good breakup <laughs> music. It'd be some more like singing, dancing, depressed. I mean, it could just be good for dark, everybody. dark, but eventually, hopefully, more happy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I think I think Atlanta's or sorry, Toronto's going to come out of this one. Uh, Eric's out of here. Thanks for stopping by, Eric. It was good talking to you a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know Drake's going to be. Is he's been at all the games? I'm sure he's there. But whatever, I don't care. <laughs> well, Zane seems to hate Deladova. I don't argue with you there, but he's not on the Cavs anymore, so you don't have an excuse to hate yeah. him there. He was dirty when he played for the Cavs in that series a couple years ago. He makes up for his lack of size with dirty elbows, knees, and And, like, trapping kicks. people's legs with his when he's yeah. on the ground and not in a good position. He's probably pretty good at Rochambeau. <laughs> probably. He goes first. Apparently, he's got his own shoe line in Australia. Really? And he's buying Della Dova shoes. They for Australians, kids? I guess. I don't know. Like They're not nice. Mm. I would not buy. They look like Steph Curry's Under Armour old man, like New Balance. <laughs> Wide foot. Yeah. Double E's. Basically like that. you got to have some confidence to come out with something like that. Right. right? What's the purpose, man? Um, so, yeah, anyways. Good for him making some money in his home home country. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the Bucks, um, I like you were saying, I think that it's good for them to get this playoff experience as a young team where they're sort of like new territory for them in right. a way. This is big. They haven't been in the picture for playoffs that I can remember in a long right. time. Um, they squeaked in there with a losing record, though, didn't they? Probably, yeah. Being that low in the Eastern yeah. Conference, I think you're right. Which is pretty outstanding. Yeah. Um, then you have Toronto, who's got you know Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry. A lot of people saying Kyle Lowry's not stepping up in the playoffs over the last few years. They've always been up there in the East, like top right. four. Um, but then in Game Two, he hit that uh, game ceiling two point, or I think it was put him up four, put him up four or five, something like that. And it was like games in the bag. So he's 
able to brush off a little dust and say, look, I can actually play basketball in the playoffs. I really can. Right. And even at clutch moments when it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan on the court, and they have Damari Carroll too, right. a pretty big force for them. Right. I think... They got some shooting talent. They can be dangerous. Yeah, offensively. I think defensively they're a little <laughs> soft, but... Mm-hmm. Um, from a young offensive talent standpoint, they're they're strong. I think they that, could go deep in the East. I think that uh, Demar Derozan has a similar play style of. Uh, oh man, I just lost it. Like a G- Jimmy Butler, kind of ish, where he's got like that mid range pull up, right? Um, but he's like he's not like trying to put all these fancy moves on. He's just sure. got like one good one. But he can he can take it to the rack. Yeah. Or 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 stop short. Yeah. Um, so they they have an interesting thing going on there. I mean, tied series two two. Uh, we want to see what happens game five. But obviously, when you got a, a tied series this deep in, right? It's gonna be. Uh, this could go long, either way. Yeah. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be knockout dragout. Hopefully, I, th- I think that the top seed will get this one. Yeah, maybe in I'm six or seven, five or uh, it can't be five. Duh, seven. It has to be seven. It has to be seven. <laughs> I swear I'm paying. A- I swear I'm paying attention. It's meant guys. to be. Um, but I, again. The Bucks just don't have that experience to carry out what they need to do. I agree. Um, Who's up next? So we got this one. The matchup. The one. The most boring matchup so far. <laughs> yeah. The highlight of this matchup has been uh, Paul George belittling his team yep. <laughs> with words in the post-game media conference. That's about the best way I can sum this up. Cleveland managed to hold on three times in a row, one of them very handedly, uh, not overly exciting. It's good to show. If you're a Cleveland fan, you're probably excited to see that even against a team like Indianapolis, Cleveland is able to stay together. This is probably going to build them up for the next round. If you're an Indianapolis fan, you're probably pretty frustrated and uh, disappointed in the fact that Paul George will probably be going somewhere else next year, and he's pushing off from the dock, so to speak. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, I don't think that he's he's totally in the wrong by making those comments. Like that's got to destroy a locker room, right? With that type of rhetoric, especially when you're saying it to the media, you're not like just yeah. confronting them personally. We talked about this a little bit beforehand. Just yeah. that if you're gonna, if you're a professional, you don't send an email to your entire office saying that you're disappointed in this person. Yeah, you talk to that person and you work it out and you establish. Yeah, maybe some lines were crossed, or you know, maybe this should have been done this way. Mm-hmm. As a leader That's of a what team, teamwork is. You can't put them on blast. Yeah, to the media. That's a that's a one way ticket out. Yeah, there's there's teamwork. You're gonna lose trust. Obviously, there's teamwork on a court when you're passing the ball around, trying to help your teammates out and uh, help them be successful. But when you're off the court, you gotta be having that same type of teamwork in terms of communication and right. um, making sure you're understanding each other from your own uh, points of view. And him sharing that, like, it, it's so much different if that doesn't get out to the media, right? Certainly, because with that being in the media now, uh, the head office is gonna look at that and be like. Right. You're a liability for our brand. Aaron is dirty laundry. And Larry Baird and ain't going to be a fan. And he's already mentioned, coming up to the trade deadline, I, I put a pretty solid tweet out around the trade deadline saying that, you know, the Lakers want PG to go to L.A. I think he wants to go to L.A. He wants a bigger market. He wants to be the star. He even said earlier on in the season that if he's not on a championship contending team, he is hell-bent on going to the Lakers. He said the Lakers, not another team. He wants to be in L.A. I right. think he's from L.A. Is he? I, I think I that's know, why. Actually. But I just know that he's been a Laker guy, like a Laker fan when he was growing up. Who doesn't so. want to be in the biggest market? Yeah, that too. I mean, he knows it's in a rebuilding phase. He can. He wants to be 
wants to be a pillar in that. He wants to be the next Kobe Bryant, if you will. I mean, right. obviously, that's a big, Certainly. big ghost to chase. But I think that the Lakers have always strived when they have a superstar. Right. Uh, whether that's... Well, I mean, they've always had... They're a superstar-driven yeah. market. Yeah. I mean, they have Magic Johnson at the helm. Right. What do you expect? Yeah, he's he's <laughs> going to respect that. Yeah. Uh, Charles, do you think that venting to the media has become too common in today's NBA? Is this something that will continue to cause problems across the league going forward? I think it parallels the flopping and the, the more modern game. Yeah, I think it will cause problems, to be honest with you. I think, um, I think it'll happen more often as you get more large personalities. The Rondos, the PGs, the... I mean, who else complains a lot to the media? I mean, LeBron does it. Uh, I think he does it in a much more respectful way, but he mm-hmm. definitely gets away with doing exactly what PG does, just... Probably doesn't do it in playoffs quite as often. Yeah. Charlie's going to hit me with 30 sound bites of LeBron doing just that tomorrow <laughs> yeah. in my Facebook inbox. Probably. <laughs> um, but also, I, I I think that to look at the other side of it, I think that that publicity is still not bad publicity. Right. All publicity is good publicity. In the sense that um, it's creating interesting stories for the NBA to talk about. Right. You know, like the thing that's defining this Pacers series right now is Paul George talking and like blabbing his mouth to the media. That and like Zane mentioned, uh, Lance Stevenson blowing in LeBron's ear. <laughs> that's that's, isn't that sad that this, of this matchup now that it's gotten to this point, the highlight is Paul George comments and hoping that Lance Stevenson blows in LeBron James ear again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cause that was a pretty entertaining part a couple years ago. It really was. It, it turned into memes galore. Oh yeah. There's a meme heaven right there. Lance Stevenson's pretty good at making his own memes too. If you haven't followed him on Instagram, oh boy. he puts himself on blast. It's might, pretty good. I might have to go find that man. Yeah, check it out. Um, <clears throat> Brad says, oh, Brad says, LOL, you're funny Lakers. He said he wants I, to go to the Lakers. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not me being hopeful and like wishful thinking and all that. That's Those are his words. I mean, he, he uses them a lot. Oh, we're on timeout. Oh, Dallas, what about family's bad-mouthing? <laughs> <laughs> the other one is... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, we're back. We had a little timeout, our connection. But, and... Before we move on to this, Brad did have a good point that... Um... Cleveland or Indianapolis did blow a big lead in Game Three. They had a twenty-point lead, yeah. and I think that's a testament I to, to yeah. I think that's a testament to Cleveland's ability to score. I mean, their talent pool is so deep mm-hmm. in terms of Kyrie Love and LeBron that they can just turn it on when they need to. And I mean, twenty-point swings in the NBA is not unheard of, but the Pacers should be able to weather that. And in a playoff game too, right. nonetheless. Yeah. Um, but it being a twenty-five was it a twenty-five point deficit? Deficit, whatever. Something it is. huge like that, yeah. Um. Part of that, the crazy part of that is that, if I'm correct, I, I may have read this, whether it was minutes or points, wrong, but it said LeBron had 12, and Kyrie and Kevin Love had zero. So either they didn't play in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. or he had 12 points and they had nothing. I think the major stat I saw from that one, I'm actually not sure about that, was that LeBron influenced 30, 36 of the last final points. By assist or scoring. Assist or scoring, which is... That's why he would be in the MVP discussions because of things like that. Exactly. When you're down 20, there's only there's only one or two people that can pull you out of those holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it goes back to the whole Russell Westbrook thing that I that's my case of him being the MVP is like how are you impacting the team? Uh, how much how much are you impacting the teams in, in terms of success? And in LeBron's case, there it's passing the ball and they're scoring and right. and he's scoring himself. They were dropping, dropping threes, threes like times. Yeah, I remember he was texting me while this game was game was going on. He was just all 
He yeah, was he was lighting him. I mean, well, and the didn't the Cavs set the record again this year for most threes, and they got broken again by the Rock in a game <laughs> or in a season. I just remember they had like twenty six threes in a game this oh. season. I mean, everybody's going off. I feel like that was that must have been true that record. Um, but I know the Rockets hold the record for most threes in a season now. Zane, biggest comeback in playoff history. Is that true? That is, is that, true. That's huge. Yeah, that's way big. Well, and put another one in LeBron's history books. Yeah, to go along with the history books, um, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but LeBron, if he if they get the win tomorrow, which is you know. Presumably so. They might. Indianapolis might squeeze one out. They but. might, maybe. Game four's a toughie. But if LeBron and the Cavs get that win, he is going to be 20-0 and 0 in the last five series, five first-round series of his career. That doesn't bode well for anybody playing LeBron in the first round. Yeah, and especially the Pacers game four uh, tomorrow. <laughs> right. I think they're in trouble. Tune in if you want to see Cleveland win. Because <laughs> you will. Although it might be a last-ditch effort win. I don't know. Cleveland's obviously coming out of this one. And yeah. they're probably going to walk it into the finals. Yeah. I mean, whether even if the Pacers did get a right. win in this one, like it's right. not going to matter. <laughs> in the scheme of things, they're going to go on. Brad's curious if we're drinking off camera. I guess you'll never know. Yeah. it's, it's kind of, It adds mystery to the podcast, you know. Could be anything. <laughs> Pacers in seven. Pacers in seven. That's a long series, Perry. Man, I don't know. That's Let's move on. That's a bold move. <laughs> uh, but anyways, let's talk about the rabbit hole bracket now. Right. So this is the last game. I don't have like a, a thank you slide, and I'm not asking for questions. Well, I guess I am in the end of this, but um, I don't have a slide. The East already? Yeah, that was all of it. That's all, all the matchups. But if we're looking at the rabbit hole of like what teams would win, what, what would the matchups be and moving forward – so we both have – we were, like, on the fence with Boston and Chicago. We both right. took Chicago. Yeah, I think Chicago's got the energy. We're not doing much of a devil's advocate thing here. It's no, like, we're not. We're, we're kind of, like, on the same Fine. page. Fine. Boston's going to win. No, you can't change it now. It's it's in there. It's in there. Sorry. Put it on a tee, <laughs> and then you pull it away. <laughs> so we had Chicago moving on, which is, like, a little bit different. but. Yeah. Whoever wins between the Celtics and the Bulls, they would go on to play either the Wizards or the Hawks. We had the Wizards and we had the Bulls. Right. Who's <laughs> coming out of that? I I mean, the Bulls have a lot of the like similar powerhouse players in the same positions as the Wizards. It's a matter right. of the matchups. Right. So, I mean, you've got... And can you win on the road? you got Bradley Beal at the shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Butler yep. is in that spot. Um, point guard, I think the Bulls now have uh, what's his name, Jeremy Grant. Yep, and going against John Wall. John Wall going against yeah Grant against John Wall. I think the shooting guard position is in favor of the Bulls, but then the point guard position is in favor of the of the Wizards. I agree. Um, so then it's just a matter of like what they plan to do with their bigs. Who can do the most damage though between those two? If John Wall is dishing well, he's gonna he's gonna shred him. Battery running low. That's okay. I don't. It's perfect timing. I I might need my charger. Hey, production manager. Um, I need my charger. It's on the table, please. I can see <laughs> it. It's so far away. Um. I don't want to get up out of the podcast. <laughs> um. But anyways, that's the matchup between or the first between the Celtics and Bulls. We have Bulls Wizards. I think the Bulls might squeak that one out. Um. <laughs> we're doing some. Some technical difficulties. Technical coverage here. Just making sure the power gets uh, where it needs to be. I need I need this audio, this 
beautiful audio with my voice. I need it. Zane thinks Portland's going in six. Uh, well, that's what Damien said. <laughs> He's Are you just saying what he said, or Z- is that Zane's, what you actually believe? Zane's a big Portland fan. He's a big Rip City fan. Okay. Well, I think it's you got to have confidence if you're a fan or you're a player. Absolutely. Well, I'm hoping they squeak out a win here. Yeah, I, I think that'd be awesome. That'll be the, I think we think this is the matchup tonight to watch Yeah. to see if they can turn it around. That's the one we'll be watching tonight for sure. Uh, so then the, the last pair of teams were the, the Raptors. We had the Raptors beating the Bucks, and we had Cleveland destroying so the Cleveland Pacers. So we get Cleveland-Raptors matchup again. Yep. And, and I think the same. I think we get the same result. Yep. I think the <clears throat> Raptors come up just a little short, and Cleveland, they, they know how to beat they the know, Raptors. Especially because the Raptors haven't added anything new. I mean, I, I, mean, I may be wrong. If, if you're a Raptors fan, correct me. But I don't think that they've added anything new to their arsenal but no. the the Cavs. The only did. difference is that the Cavs are more healthy now. Yeah, the Cavs did. They added other things, but they're still just as good. Right. They just didn't well, have the one seed this they year. They lost Dame. They lost Deladova. Was their biggest loss in, they, in the middle. They got Darren Williams now, right? Which Darren is kind of like kind of a role player. He used to play for the Jazz. That's he's he like started. the lighter skinned Joe Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> from the West. Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, but then you have, um, on the, who was the other guy they added? The. The Cavs added. Uh, they still have Iman Shumpert. Kyle Korver. They still have Tristan Thompson. Kyle they got Korver. Ke- yeah, Korver from the wing. Like they needed. He, like they needed did... another insane three-point shooter. Yeah. So LeBron couldn't get uh, Ray Allen out of retirement, so they got the other best three-point and shooter. I, and I think that was a a long-term play. They were trying to get somebody on their lineup who can combat the three-point barrage that the Warriors bring, game in and game out. Right. So. I think they're being hopeful that they get to the game seven, or they—that's what I want to see. Game seven re- right. rematch. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, but I think Kyle Korver can help chunk away some of those threes by matching their points. I so. think so too. And Korver's job is to get the occasional rebound, set screens, and shoot, shoot. three pointers accurately. Shoot forty-five percent. All they like, literally, the entire Cleveland staff is like, shoot the ball. You get the ball, you shoot it. Hey, Kyle, what are you doing today? I'm shooting. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get on the bus. <laughs> Man, we've got a bumping stream today. We just got through all of the playoff matchups. We this is definitely by far the most viewed podcast. I I'm blown away. But before we get into uh, the closing of this, I have a question I want to ask. Um, I asked one in the Wednesday podcast, but I'm not going to answer that one here because it doesn't make sense for an NBA uh, playoff edition podcast. So we're just going to ask you a question, and you can. Email us your answer. I'll give you all the info you need, but here's the question. Who do you think is going to win the championship this year in the NBA? I, it's a hot take. It is kind of a hot take, and everybody has their opinions. You have numbers to look at, You know whether it's the seeds or stats from certain players. There's a lot you can look at, matchups between players, between teams. Try to look at it from an abstract angle. Yeah, try to think about what things could that are in play that could help a team win that are not numbers. But really what I want you to do is if you want, if you want to give a, an in-depth answer, you can email it to us or uh, drop it in the, ch- in the comments here, message it to us, whatever. You probably it, just blast it up on the abstract sports, Facebook page. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Twitter, I'll be asking around Instagram. to get some answers so I can share these on next week's podcast, but you can email it to hello at abstractsports.com And we will probably use your answer in the podcast. So uh, one thing that I've been trying to do lately is if I get a whole bunch of answers to these questions, I want to almost like do a separate podcast where I'm answering the questions from that one so that we can 
almost do like a Wednesday show and then a weekend show where we're like covering two of the same topics. Um, so feel free to send us your answer. Again, the question is, who is going to win the championship in the NBA? You can go in as in-depth as much as you want. Uh, you can talk about who you think is going to be uh, the Eastern champ and the Western champ. Uh, maybe tell a story about why you think the Cavs might take it again this year. You know, um, I'm interested to hear your stories because a lot of times there's something personal that comes out when you're writing these things. And I just love reading those stories. They're always fun. Absolutely. Fun things to see. Those ones you had from the baseball season were great. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the baseball season, man, that, that got crazy. Yeah. That, there's a lot of baseball fans that follow the abstract sports stuff. So um, Perry says, bye, family. See you later, man. It was great having you in here. Uh, Zane is also asking a question. Uh, without Rondo, it's not going to happen. Him and Charlie were discussing uh, Oh, why Chicago was going to win it all. Okay. And uh, what the Trailblazers logo was all about, which I did not know, is uh, according to Zane, is to stimulate, stimulate, simulate a five-on-five game it's five wow lines going against each other it's and being the graphic designer you think that i would know stuff like that right but that's on you yeah i suck no <laughs> but again send your answers to us who's going to win the nba championship we'd love to hear your your uh, answer um look for us tomorrow night at the jazz game in the nosebleeds in the nosebleeds we'll be wearing the playoff shirt mm-hmm. um but I guess that's all we've got. I want to give you guys some information. I mean, we, this has been one of the most active podcasts yet for us. But I want to let you know that if you want to get involved with Abstract Sports, whether that is maybe doing a podcast with me, it could be like this or it could be over the phone. Um, I'm all about trying to grow this thing into something big and fun for everybody. So if you want to get involved, you can go to the website, go to abstractsports.com. There are some helpful links in the footer of every page that can uh, get you involved in whether podcast again if you like to write you can write for the blog um we'd be happy to have you do that um and then you can also find this if i mean a lot of you are on facebook watching this right now but you can find this on itunes on soundcloud i also have it up on youtube and there's a bunch of other third-party sites you can find our podcast on so if you ever were wondering what we said before you can go back and listen again um, but you want to be sure to follow us and like our page here at facebook.com slash abstract sports um, th- because this is where we are going to be diverting all of our live content to. It's got the best platform for it. Um, the most interaction I've, I've received is on Facebook. Absolutely. So I'm kind of going that direction with things. Um, but I got to say, Corbin, I'm so stoked that you came by. Thanks for having me, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, this, I, this was a lot of fun. I'm more excited for the NBA playoffs now than I was before, that's for sure. Yeah, because we've sort of educated ourselves. We've talked about all these things now. We've we been go, educated. We can go watch these things happen. And Absolutely. i got to say thanks to everybody in the comments. You guys have helped uh, round out our gaps that we couldn't fill. You you Googled things when we couldn't Google them. We really appreciate the help. Coming in clutch. <laughs> but uh, – I really look forward to doing some golfing and some hiking and camping this summer with you, man. And the beautiful summer in uh, southern Idaho is coming right up. Yes, sir. If you want to follow me and all the stupid stuff I do online, uh, don't add me on Facebook, but add me on Instagram. It's at Corbin Maximus, and uh, you can find me there. It's yeah. mostly food, my dog, my girlfriend, my house, and lifting weights. So yeah, if you so, don't like any of those things, <laughs> won't hurt my feelings. You should probably follow him. You'll right. enjoy it. Uh, But anyways, guys, that's all I've got for you. My name's Kyle Richards. This is Corbin. And you just listened to the NBA Playoff Edition podcast for Abstract Sports. We'll see you next time. Peace.